When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Welcome to NFL Live. And today we have a great show on tap for you. We have the Patriots, and we're going to figure out if Mac Jones can succeed without having Josh McDaniels behind him. We also, we also tap in to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin says it's time for Kenny Pickett to earn his varsity jacket, and right now we've only seen him play against the JV. Also, the Seattle Seahawks. We watched Geno Smith get the start because their, um, Drew Locke tested positive for COVID, but did he do enough to make you have confidence? in the quarterback room. But first, we will start with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. First, the, the Deshaun Watson and the Browns after yesterday's settlement between the NFL and the NFLPA. Watson will serve an 11-game suspension without pay after he was accused by more than two dozen women of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. Watson also has to pay a $5 million fine and undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment program. Here's what Watson and Browns owner Jenny Haslam said yesterday after the decision. Deshaun, why did you wait so long until after the... Uh... Uh, to, to to apologize for what you did. Uh, well, I've, I, I apologized beforehand. I think the second time I spoke to you guys, I actually apologized. But I think for some people, it didn't uh, maybe register as I as I was apologizing. But you know, I just wanted to clarify. You know, I was apologizing to all women and people that was affected about this situation because it's uh you know it's it's definitely a tough situation. What do you apologize for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I apologize to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every, everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. People deserve second chances, okay? I really think that. And I, I, I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you can say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be in the, on the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out, and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected, and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. Here's an excerpt of the statement that Roger Goodell released yesterday. Deshaun Watson has committed to doing the hard work on himself that is necessary for him to return to the NFL. This settlement requires compliance with a professional evaluation and treatment plan and a significant fine and a more substantial suspension. Welcome to NFL Live, and it's no need to adjust your TV. Yes, it is me, RC, our girl Laura. She's headed back to the East Coast after doing a great job for us on TV last night. So, unfortunately, 
you got me. But here's the good thing. I got my former teammate, RG3. He's right beside me, and he has met the tight pants quota. We're also joined by our GM, Mike Tannenbaum, and one of my favorite humans in the world, Chris Mortensen. Now, we have you, Mort, right now, and we need to ask you a question. With all the things that are going on, where does everything stand with Deshaun Watson? Well, Deshaun Watson, uh, a week ago, seemed to offer some contrition for the situation that uh, he was found uh, in violation of in terms of the personal conduct policy. But his words yesterday, yes, he said he's apologized a couple of times, but they asked him, what were you apologizing for? And once again, he maintained, and he used the word innocence. And that's more of a consistent theme of Deshaun Watson's going back to last year, uh, privately his, and, and, and publicly. And also during the hearings recently for his personal conduct violations, uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson actually noted in her decision that he was without remorse. And uh, I think the league was very concerned about what they heard yesterday. Roger Goodell, the commissioner, has noted that uh, having that behavioral evaluation for a treatment plan is a, a key component to this going forward. So uh, Deshaun Watson, even in that hearing, by the way, his attorneys argued that he did not violate the personal conduct policy. Nevertheless, he's going to serve the suspension. He's going to have some therapy, some rehab. As far as Jimmy Haslam, you know, what he said made it clear. It, it's for him. It's about football. Remember, the Browns were out of the running. The Falcons and the Saints were in the lead, uh, lead on landing Deshaun Watson in a trade when all of a sudden there was a big turnaround. And the turnaround was this, a fully guaranteed contract that included exception clauses for anything he'd done in the past, including these uh, allegations of sexual assault, sexual misconduct, and he was guaranteed the full amount. That did not make a lot of people happy in this league nor did it make the league office happy, but Jimmy Haslam has made it stated, stated it clearly. He wanted Deshaun Watson badly enough to make Watson do a U-turn on where he was headed for his, next, uh, for his next team. So therefore, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about, uh, a lot of talk for, about how Deshaun Watson rebounds from this thing, and do we hear him speak differently going forward when he comes back to the team? RG3, obviously this situation isn't over just because a settlement was reached, which we can tell by the fallout from the press conference between Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Haslam. Now that the settlement has been reached, though, how do you think this whole situation has been handled? Yeah, I mean, RC, I think the uh, NFL had an opportunity here, right, an opportunity to show that they'd learned from their mistakes in the past, how they have not stood up and supported women and stood up and made a stand against sexual assault and sexual misconduct. So to me, this is an utter failure for the NFL. Uh, the bottom line is this. When Judge Sue L. Robinson ruled that Deshaun Watson had committed nonviolent sexual assault and had committed nonviolent sexual misconduct and was a danger to the women in those massage therapy sessions, that's where the buck stops for me. Listen, I'm a father of three daughters, soon to be four, and I would never want my daughters to be ex exposed to that type of treatment and that type of behavior from anybody, let alone one of the greatest players in one of the greatest leagues ever. So when you have 24 women file civil lawsuits against you, when the Texans settle lawsuits with 30 different women and they say, hey, this isn't any acknowledgement of us doing anything wrong, but it is a stand against any form of sexual assault, a stand against any form of sexual misconduct, the NFL said, 
mm, women, we don't care. We're the National Football League. We're going to make sure that we can play games and this litigation doesn't hang over our heads. So hmm, we're not going to go ahead and drag this thing out. We're going to settle. And that settlement to me showed how much they care about women. RC, what really stood out to me was as the day unfolded, I thought Deshaun Watson lacked authenticity. I thought his statement was really good. It seemed like he was genuinely remorseful, accepting responsibility. But Cleveland, the Brown organization, put Jimmy Haslam and Deshaun Watson out to the media yesterday. I'm not sure why. They certainly could have done it today. And the more they spoke, the less authentic it seemed like Deshaun Watson was really remorseful for what he had done. And I think what will be interesting is by the time we get to late November and early December, as Mort alluded to, once he goes through therapy and rehab, hopefully he'll have learned what he actually did and the consequences of his actions. And again, there was 24 alleged sexual misconduct incidents. So it was disappointing how he handled it. It was disappointing how the Browns handled it. And one other point, RC, that's bears noting here is clearly the league wanted a year suspension. They took a settlement with the NFLPA to get closure because albeit re remote, the NFLPA could have filed a lawsuit. Don't think that would have worked, but certainly this could have dragged on for a lot longer in the court system. I think the one thing we have to remember in this situation is it's the NFL's job to protect the shield. And I believe that's what they did by making sure they put out the information that they wanted at least a year suspension. So now the people on the outside are saying, OK, the NFL is really taking a hard stance against domestic violence, against sexual assault, against sexual misconduct. And on the other side of that, the NFLPA not only had to protect Deshaun Watson, but they had to protect the rest of the players in the NFL. And I agree with Robert on this and RG3 on this. The one thing and the one side that loses is the 24 women in these alleged accusations or these alleged assaults because now they once again feel like they've been overlooked in the matter in this situation with the settlement. Now, we knew Deshaun Watson would miss at least the first six games of the season, but with an 11-game suspension that removes Watson from divisional games against the Bengals and uh, the, the Ravens in Week 7 and 8, plus key matchups against the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Bucks. With those games taking place and now knowing that Jacoby Brissett will be the quarterback, what do you think uh, that will happen, Rob? And we can also listen to what Kevin Stefanski had to say about his quarterback that will be starting the games until Deshaun Watson is back. Uh, and, and we're excited about Jacoby and, and have a ton of trust in Jacoby. Uh, and, and when Deshaun is ready, we'll, he'll rejoin the team. Ultimately, as we transition out of this week, uh, Jacoby will get uh, really all of the reps. I'm just excited for the opportunity. Uh, I don't take it lightly, obviously. Uh, and just going out to continue to be the, the man that I am, the player that I am, the teammate that I am. And, and uh, I think all of that stuff kind of take care of itself for itself. And I don't have to like really speak on that, you know. Kevin Stefanski may have confidence in Jacoby Brissett moving forward as the starter, but the veteran quarterback has struggled to produce in five starts with the Dolphins last season, especially as a passer. While Brissett did rank 20th in total QBR, he also ranked last in yards per attempt and 31st in touchdowns per pass attempt. When you're a quarterback, RG3, and you've had opportunities to start, and you've also had experiences where you feel like you haven't produced, how do you look at the Cleveland Browns quarterback situation moving forward with Jacoby Brissett, and do you believe he's the best option? Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I say Jacoby Brissett is the best option for the Browns right now. 
Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo is out there. He's an opportunity for anyone to go pluck him from the 49ers. But Jimmy G is not going to be able to come in in a matter of weeks, go out and execute the offense that Kevin Stefanski wants to run. Now, yes, Jimmy G is used to this system. It's a similar system to the one that he ran in San Fran. But Kobe Brissett has the relationships in that locker room. He has the camaraderie with those guys. He's got two great running backs, a phenomenal offensive line, and a true number one wide receiver in Amari Cooper there to throw the ball to. So right now, they need to stick it with the Brissett. He is the guy. <laughs> he is the guy that is going to be able to make the most plays for them. So I don't think that they should go outside of that bubble. He's going to have to try to find ways to win them a couple games. Their schedule looks really, really tough. But they have a team that is ready to contend. RG3, I would use the verb pluck, trade, cajole, beg, whatever. But if I'm the Browns, I'm getting Jimmy Garoppolo, and here's why. I like Brissett, but... You're one hit away from Josh Rosen or Josh Dobbs playing, and you want to fortify this position as quickly as possible. You have a chance to have a really good team. And something else we got to mention is this. Deshaun Watson, it'll be about 700 days before he's playing a game when he comes off of the suspension. He may not be Deshaun Watson for a few more weeks, and you guys know these races are so consequentially close that every game makes a difference. So if I could get a starting quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo at a reasonable price, I'm absolutely doing it if I'm the Cleveland Browns. Well, we'll keep an eye on this situation as it moves forward, but we still have a ton to come on NFL Live today. Justin Herbert, they say, is ahead of where he was last season, and Mike T's bold stake on, on, on the upcoming season that you do not want to miss. He's probably more excited about what the Chargers are than what Bill Belichick did in hiring him twice. And Drew Locke missed games last night due to COVID, but did we see enough from Geno Smith that this competition is still NFL going? NFL Live is brought to you by New Deli Witch from Hot Pockets. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Other than being a Super Bowl champion, a great player for a long time, both at the college and also at the pro level, also a great analyst who was an analyst while still playing in the NFL, and being a great father, a great husband, a mentor to so many, an advocate for so many, you really haven't accomplished that much in life, RC. But I have no doubt that you're going to crush it out there today. Good luck, my friend. I don't think you need it. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, look at that. My guy, Phil Yates. And listen, this is a segment brought specially to you by people with tight pants. They wanted to make sure that RG3 and I could stand up and air it out just a little bit. But let's get back to the business. The Seahawks played their second preseason game last night without quarterback Drew Locke, who tested positive for COVID. Geno Smith got the start at quarterback, and the offense was shut out while Geno Smith was on the field. Here is Pete Carroll on Smith after the game. He did okay. Um, you know, we needed to come through. We need to help him a little bit. You know, we need to make the plays around him too. He's running the show well. Our receivers got to make the plays for him. We need those guys to come through if he's going to be good. Has some self-inflicted wounds. You know, some things that we can control that really set us back. And uh, that's the you know reason for the preseason for us to get those things out. And so, um, obviously, there's a ton of room for improvement and a lot of things that we have to improve on very fast. It's been a limited sample size, but Geno Smith has struggled this preseason. His completion percentage over expectation is nearly negative 13. And I'm not great, but that ain't real good, which is the third race mark, worst mark among any quarterback with at least 15 passes in the preseason. That means his completion percentage is 13% lower than it should be based on the difficulty of the throws that he has made. Rob, when you see Geno Smith and you also knowing that Drew Locke, who had tested positive for COVID, wasn't able to play, how much confidence do you actually have in the Seattle Seahawks quarterback group? Oh, I don't have any confidence in them. I mean, it's, a, it's below five. It's a, it's a real hard three right now because I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, we talked about this earlier. How, how is it that COVID almost helped Drew Locke win this quarterback competition? Geno Smith has an abundance of talent around him. You're talking about DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker III coming off his hernia, not hernia procedure a, a couple days ago. And then Rashad Penny, Noah Font. These guys, he's got great contending offensive talent. But for whatever reason, they couldn't score any points. They couldn't stay on the field long enough for us to really get a good glimpse of it. So I think the Seahawks know what they have in Geno Smith. He'll be a steadying force for them. But they should start Drew Locke because they don't know what he can do. And we don't know if they're going to be contenders or trying to rebound. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Mike T? Yeah, RG, I see it differently. A lot of the reasons because of what you just said, all Geno Smith has to do is play point guard. This team has a lot of weapons most notably DK Metcalf, a really good running game, two really good young tackles that I think will get better and better. Geno Smith has played some good football in this league, and I think with his experience, he's the choice over Drew Locke. I think where Seattle guys is going to struggle is on the other side of the ball. I don't know where their pass rush is coming from, and I think they have a lot of questions in their secondary. So Geno Smith, to me, is the veteran guy that could settle things down. It's the defense that I think will be the concern in Seattle. Well, the defense will be a concern, but I also think you have to look at this offense and realize it's been so much Russell Wilson for so many years. And we got an opportunity to see Geno Smith last year, and he started out kind of hot, and you were like, wait up. 
Geno might be okay, but then as the season progressed, he became the same old Geno. So really, Drew Locke, to me, in not playing last night, he actually won the job by Geno Smith not securing it or truly taking hold that he should be the starting quarterback as we go forward. Now, one way these two quarterbacks can make an impression on Pete Carroll is to finish red zone drives. Over the last two seasons, only the Titans have a higher red zone efficiency than the Seattle Seahawks. All right, now, now we're going to move forward, right? So we're going to move on to the Chargers, who have a bunch, who have made a bunch of moves this offseason. After narrowly missing the playoffs a year ago, and Los Angeles quarterback Justin Herbert is likely what he is seeing, is liking what he is seeing so far. I'm really excited for this team. You know, I, I think we are miles ahead of where we were at this point last year. Um, you know, haven't been in the same offense, same defense. Uh, we've added a couple guys on defense that are going to make a huge impact. Um, it's been really fun to go up against those guys because they made us a lot better. And, you know, the whole thing that Coach Staley's been preaching is competition. And, and we've certainly had our fair share of competition. And, you know, J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Khalil Mack, those guys stepped in and, and they made a huge impact. And it's been really fun to play against those guys. Listen, the one thing I know is that Justin Herbert saying it's really fun to play against those guys does not mean it's going to be fun for the other team to play against <laughs> the, what the Los Angeles Chargers now have defensively. Mike T., when you look at this team, some of the acquisitions made in the offseason, obviously Justin Herbert being a stud at quarterback and just missing the playoffs, what are your expectations for the Chargers this season? Oh, not that much. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and Justin <laughs> Herbert's going to be the MVP he is the perfect prospect to me in terms of height, weight, speed, athleticism, intelligence. He, to me, is the prototype quarterback in the next three to five years. And when you look at what they've done to RC, I love how they address the offensive line. Rashawn Slater last year, Zion Johnson. And you look at their weapons, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler out of the backfield, Keenan Allen. I think they could score early. And I, now they have two pass rushers in Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa that could finish out a game. So I love this team, and I think they go to the Super Bowl. Mike T, Mike T, I'm telling you, on paper, you're right. They should go to the Super Bowl. They got all the right pieces. They fixed that defense that was ranked 29th or worse on third downs, on stopping the run, and points allowed per game. So, yes, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, you know, they bring in Kyle Van Noy. They have a lot of pieces that are going to go out there and really improve their defense. But the bottom line is this, to get to the Super Bowl, First, they got to get to the playoffs. And I think that's the thing. I love their offense. I love Justin, uh, Justin Herbert. But at the end of the day, they haven't been to the playoffs yet, and they need to get there first. That would be a success. Then we can talk about Super Bowl. Honestly, the players on this team are very aware of what they have not accomplished in Los Angeles as far as the Chargers go. But we talked to Derwin James on the pivot, and he said getting off on third down is what's most important for this defense. That's why you add Khalil, you add JC. And his statement was this, if we get to the rock, 10 can win the game. Only two quarterbacks have posted a higher QBR than Justin Herbert has in the last season. And guess who those dudes are? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, maybe the greatest of all time and the best of all time. So that's not bad company. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Patriots reporter Mike Reese on how Mac Jones is handling the offense prior to his season debut this weekend. And we're here, here. Mike T is worried about Bill Belichick not naming an OC yet. You know, anything Bill does is right with our guy. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Point this summer, do you want to make it clear, you know, who is calling the place for your office? I'd love to be able to shed a little more light on it, but it's, honestly, it's a much longer conversation. Not, not a lot to report here. You know, we're not really big on titles and all that. We don't have time for that. Matt and Joe are, are two outstanding coaches. So have you decided? Don't worry about that. I'm a head coach. Ultimately, I'm responsible for everything, so just leave it at that. I appreciate the question. I really do. I, I know I know how interested you are in that subject. Patriots starting quarterback Mac Jones didn't play in the first preseason game, and the play-calling duties were split, split between a guy who was in charge of the Detroit Lions and another dude who was in charge of Daniel Jones. And so those will be the guys that call plays again tonight for the New England Patriots. Eyes will be back on the New England as tonight as the Panthers and Matt take on Mac Jones, and he's expected to play. While it's unknown who will be calling plays for Mac Jones this season, the Patriots are hoping that last year's first-round pick can pick up right where he left off. Last season, Jones helped New England reach the playoffs, ranking top 10 in completion percentage, passing yards, and touchdowns among all rookies in NFL history. ESPN reporter Mike Reese joins us now. Mike, what should we expect to see tonight from Mac Jones and the New England coaching staff? Well, Ryan, uh, not quite a half, but Mac and the starters are going to get some work tonight. Uh, that's what I've been told. How long will probably depend, actually, on how well they do. Bill Belichick always likes to leave himself some flexibility on that. You know, they didn't play last week, so this is going to give them a chance to get some live snaps here on the home field. Starters haven't been tackled. They haven't done any live tackling in training camp. And, Ryan, next week they're going to go out to Las Vegas and spend the whole week out there, practice with the Raiders. So they don't want to overload it tonight. Just give the starters a little bit of a taste of it. And you might have heard the Patriots and Panthers, they had joint practices leading up to this game. Quite a few fights, Ryan. So I brought these tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to say ding, 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 Ryan. Are you ready for preseason football? <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike, man. And we appreciate the visual of what went on at practice. I'm going to say this. I don't think Mike has ever been mistaken for Floyd, Weather, Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but this might be the first time ever. Thank you so much. Listen, when you look at this offense and what you're trying to see from Mac Jones as he moves into his second year as the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. What do you want to see tonight from him to let you know that this Patriots offense is moving in the right direction? Yeah, RC, I got to say, that might be the worst punches I've ever seen, bro. <laughs> Mike Reese. Yeah, they're not mistaking him for Floyd Mayweather. Not at all, but listen, what we need to see from Mac Jones and the starters is simply this. They need to move down the field, go down first possession, score a touchdown, get out the game. Why do I say that? The reports coming out of camp have not been glowing about what the offense has looked like or how Mac Jones has operated that offense. 
defense. So I actually think it's an advantage for the Patriots, for everyone not to really know what they're doing. You're not going to know the shtick of the offensive coordinator, what he wants to do in the red zone or on third down. The beauty of it is no one on the defensive side of the ball is going to know what they're doing, and they might not know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball either. So for those first three or four weeks, it's going to be up in the air. But what they can do right now to quiet the noise is go out and have a successful showing, even if it's one or two or three drives, get points, show people that you can operate. I think Bill Belichick is putting most of his faith not in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, but in Mac Jones, because I wouldn't choose Patricia and Joe Judge to be mentoring my second-year quarterback if I had all the options in the world. But the unknown sometimes can help you, and I think that's what Bill Belichick is counting on. Listen, when you're Bill Belichick and you've gone through as much as he's gone through and seen as much as he's seen, you understand how to get a team ready to play. How much confident, though, Mike T, how much confidence do you have in the way that this will play out as the season goes along? I have a high level of confidence, RC, and let me tell you a story why. In the late 90s, I was a young assistant for the New York Jets, and Bill Parcells, the head coach, was also the play caller on game day. Not Dan Henning, not Charlie Weiss, who were the offensive coordinators. And another guy like Bill Belichick could absolutely do that. So as much as we're talking about Matt Patricia or Joe Judge, let's not rule out the fact that Bill Belichick, the head coach, could actually be the play caller on game day. And we had tremendous success with those Jet teams. And I see no reason why Bill Belichick, the play caller, with Mac Jones, couldn't run a successful offense. Great point, Mike. And listen, one thing we know about Mac Jones, when he was coming out of Alabama, we, we learned that he was maniacal in his preparation. He loved attention to detail, and he wasn't afraid of the sophisticated. Just wanted to know that he had clear answers. Well, going into tonight, there is no clarity still with the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, and as you mentioned, very well could be Bill Belichick come game days. So I think it's rather ironic, as Mike Reese noticed, they're going to the Raiders next week, and Josh McDaniels will be on the other sideline. Well, you know, Mike T, we've heard the stories that you've told about Bill Belichick, the time that he walked on water, the time that he turned (laughs) water into wine, and also when he helped Moses part the Red Sea. So the question I have for you is, will the New England Patriots be a playoff team this year? Absolutely. After that job description, how can you say no? I don't think (laughs) we give Mac Jones credit. You know, RC, you pointed out all those top ten categories he was in as a rookie. They went to the playoffs last year, and Mac Jones played really well in that playoff game. It was the Patriot defense that never made the Bills punt that was the problem. So I think Mac Jones takes the next step. I think more characterize his attributes really well. And this offense has a great offensive line, two good backs, two good tight ends, and underrating receiving core. This team is going to exceed expectations. RZ3, when you look at what Mac Jones was as a rookie, you can speak to that better than any of us can, having a great rookie season, being a part of a playoff team. But now moving into the second season with a little uncertainty on the coaching staff, you heard all the reasons Mike T believes this can be a playoff team. Do you agree with what he's saying? Yeah, I think it could be a playoff team, right? I don't ever want to come out and say, yeah, this team is a playoff team for sure. Now, after my rookie year, the mistake we made was we didn't upgrade our personnel. Right. So the Patriots did that. They realized that Mac Jones was ranked, I think, 19th in yards per completion, yards per attempt. So what they did is they went out and they got Devontae Parker. Mm -hmm. They went out and they got Tyquan Thornton uh, in the draft, a real speedy receiver down the field. And when you combine those two guys with the weapons that they already have, Jacoby Myers, talk Mm -hmm. about underrated Kendrick Bourne, the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. And I can't forget about Nelson Aguilar. They have a really solid group of offensive weapons. 
weapons, and now they have some deep threats, right? Devontae Parker's a guy that can catch that contested ball, and I think that is what they have done at a high level, but it all comes down to what their play calling and the structure and what system are they going to be running because they have upgraded their personnel, and that's going to lend them to be able to fight in the AFC, which is loaded with talent. Right, and it's great. And when you say a lot of those names and then you finally finish with Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> we understand how they have went out and tried to upgrade their personnel in order to help Mac Jones excel in his second year. And I think that's extremely important for any young quarterback's development. And speaking of Mac Jones, he was only one of two quarterbacks to rank in the top ten in both completion percentage and air yards per pass attempts last season. And the other dude was my Tiger brethren, Joe Burrow. Mitchell Trubisky has been running with the ones, but the quarterback competition in Pittsburgh is far from over. And somebody here thinks that we should expect to see the rookie sooner than later. And that's next on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Our second Week 2 NFL preseason game is Monday when the Falcons square off against the Jets at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. Steve Levy, Lou Riddick, and my dog Dan Orlowski have the call with Laura Rutledge, the captain, on the field. Our coverage begins at 7 Eastern with a special edition of Monday Night Countdown that features my boy RG3. Now check it out, y'all. It's time for some read and react. And we start with our own Steve Young and what he had to say about Lamar Jackson. Why isn't he getting paid to be Patrick Mahomes? Because they haven't given him a chance to be Patrick Mahomes. So until they do, Lamar Jackson's damned because of what the Ravens are doing, not because of Lamar Jackson. I can't wait for someone to train Lamar Jackson in a sophisticated passing game. I think he'd be the greatest player in the history of the game. He's being held back by the Ravens. I want the full measure of who Lamar Jackson is, and the full measure is not being brought forward by the Ravens. And if that's not the case, then get out and find someone who will. That's strong words from the Hall of Famer. Mort, do you agree with Steve? Steve Young is the left-handed brother I never had. (laughs) And I did text him last night and reminded him that the guy won an MVP in his second year in the league unanimously. He's 37 and 12 as a starter. It's not easy to win a Super Bowl. He's 24 years old, and oh, by the way, he will get his money, and he will one day play in a Super Bowl. Listen, Saquon Barkley wasn't feeling the critique and comments on his running style, and the New York Giants running back did not dance around his response. I mean, it's like probably the last time I'm going to speak on this. Like, I know people want to say dancing and this and that and the third, and he don't get north and south, but like, 
I'm not going to just run into any of my linemen back. That's not how I play the game. That's not what I, how I've been playing since I was eight years old. Um, I've been playing positions for a very long time, and uh, by by no means am I a perfect running back. And I still got so much work to do. But like, I know that's been a, the conversation or been a thought, and or been the thing out there that said about me is, you know, he don't know what he's doing. He's just dancing back there. Like, I'm really kind of fed up with people who never played a position um, and try to speak on how to run the football. Mike T, what do you think about what Saquon Barkley had to say? He's a thousand percent right. He is a great player, a great running back. And from a fancy football standpoint, RC, he's going to have a massive year because Brian Dayball is someone that's going to get his running backs involved in the passing game. I think he's going to have a huge year. And Saquon's right. If they don't have him play the position, they have no idea about his style. I think he's a great player, underrated actually. And if he could stay healthy, he may make Daniel Jones a franchise quarterback. That's how much production he will create in the passing game. Now, guys, Kenny Pickett, he showed out in his debut last week. But head coach Mike Tomlin says tonight he'll get a chance to earn his letterman. All three guys have performed well. Uh, I really think the main emphasis and the mentality regarding how we structured it this week is we just simply want to see Kenny in more varsity action. Uh, we know more about Mason. Uh, Mitch has been around the professional game, obviously. And so this is a big week for him in terms of maybe getting in in the first half of this game. And, and I would imagine getting the opportunity to see uh, frontline defenders for Jacksonville. RG3, you know some of the guys Kenny Pickett played against last week won't be on the team when the season starts. How do you feel about Kenny Pickett getting some of those varsity reps, as Mike T said? I feel great about it. I feel like Kenny Pickett has earned those reps, and Mike T is just letting everybody know, look, we know what he did last week. We saw that we heard the crowd. We saw his teammates responded to him, but now it's time for him to get out there with some guys who are actually NFL caliber players that are going to be playing on Sundays, and oh my, better watch out. Kenny Pickett's ready to punch his ticket to that starting job. Hey, Kenny Pickett might punch his ticket, but there is a big reason the Steelers wanted to see him get some reps with the varsity in preseason due to his play last week. In the second half against the Seahawks, Pickett completed 13 of 15 passes and threw two touchdowns, including a game-winning score. Mike T, put your GM hat on. You go up and you get Kenny Pickett at number 20. He's the hometown kid. But what do you need to see from him tonight to keep moving him up that depth chart? More of the same. He played really well, but I want to see command of the offense in and out of the huddle. No pre-snap penalties. The ball should never hit the ground. Don't beat yourself. Throw it to the open guy and throwing the ball away is a good play. So just build on what you've done. And as Coach Tomlin said, RC, you've earned this right to play with the varsity. Act like you belong. I mean, he definitely needs to act like he belongs, RG3, but you have to have the skill set no to belong. He showed a little bit of that last week, but what does Kenny Pickett bring to the Pittsburgh Steelers when he's under center? Yeah, when you talk about Kenny Pickett, it's, it's like what did Big Ben not bring last year? Mobility athleticism to the position. Kenny Pickett has that in spades. We saw it last year with my man RC's hated play, the fake slide, <laughs> right? So, so Kenny Pickett, he did a great job last week running the offense, got the ball out of his hands, didn't take sacks. He used his feet when he needed to, and he made the play, had the poise to throw that out route across, from hash to the opposite uh, side of the field with the game on the line, and I love to see that. The problem is Mitchell Trubisky also brings that same mobility, and if you watch the game fully, 
Kenny Pickett played his tail off, mm-hmm. but Mitch also played well and wouldn't be unseated by just that performance. But now Kenny is making that seat a little bit hot for Mitchell Trubisky, so they're going to go out and they want to see him against the varsity guys mm-hmm. to say, hey, three, four games into the season, if Mitch isn't doing what we need him to do, can Kenny Pickett get the job done? I think he can. And see, to me, that's what's important. You want to make that seat as hot as possible for Mitchell Trubisky. And if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want that seat boiling because you can start the season with Mitchell Trubisky and now move to Kenny Pickett, and there will be no questions asked about your first-round draft pick. Mort. You look at this from a different angle, and you get opportunity to hear things that we don't. What have you been hearing about the Steelers quarterback competition? Well, first of all, Trubisky's going to start the season. I think RG3's got it right. Let's see what happens after three or four games. I think there's some teams out there rooting for Kenny Pickett because they have their eyes on Mason Rudolph uh, as a, a possible trade value there. And I'm not saying bringing in Rudolph to be a starter, but Mason Rudolph, who's in the last year of his contract, He's played somewhat well, and teams like the Lions, maybe the Seahawks, are looking to beef up their quarterback depth chart. So Mason Rudolph could be a guy that the Steelers trade if Pickett continues to rise in this preseason competition. Listen, Mason Rudolph is a guy on the outside looking in, and I know he would love an opportunity to get to play. One dude that's never been on the outside of looking in in the Green Bay's Packers organization is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers critiquing his receivers may seem harsh, but the former teammate Devontae Adams has told me that he thinks Aaron Rodgers exhibits traits from the GOAT. And I'm not talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about another guy. And we'll get to that after this break. NFL Live is brought to you by... Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the hut. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. The Packers wide receivers have been the topic of conversation in Green Bay after a poor performance in their first preseason game. And here is Aaron Rodgers from earlier this week with his take on the wide receiver play. Young guys, you know, they got to, especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. Keep dropping the ball, you're not going to be out there. So it's going to be the most reliable guys that are out there. You know, if you're going out there and dropping the ball and, and somebody else behind you is in the right spot all the time and catching the ball, that guy's going to play. It's like a parent. You hear one thing from your parent, but you hear one thing from your friend, you, you might do what your friend tells you. I'll say, I've been saying the same thing. It doesn't matter if uh, they appreciate it or not. This is the way that we do things here. So. It's either you get with it or you get out the room and we'll find somebody else that's going to get on board at what we're trying to accomplish. Mike T, what do you think about these comments from Aaron Rodgers? I have a feeling that this is not the first time he has spoken to those young receivers. We know how smart and calculated Aaron Rodgers is. So if he's saying it publicly, it's for a reason. 
it's one thing to have drops. We know that's going to happen, guys. But the attention to detail, be it in the classroom, on the field, walkthrough, whatever it may be, obviously something is not sitting right with Aaron Rodgers. And he knows long-term guys, not early in the season because he has Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, but longer into the season when it's November, December. Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, they have to come along. So he was sending a message. I think it was very calculated by him. And the fact that he did it publicly, I'm sure those rookies took notice. Yeah, Mike T, I think you're 100% correct. This is, this is exactly what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do, send a message and let his young guys know this ain't no picnic, fellas. You got to be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. And as a quarterback, I know that is exactly what we tell the receivers as soon as they walk in that room. You got to run the right route. You have to read the coverage the way the quarterback is reading the coverage. And most of all, you got to catch the ball. I think in the first preseason game, I'm certain the Packers had three drops amongst their receivers. All last year, they had one game where they had three drops in a single game. So th- this is unacceptable, and I think Aaron Rodgers is just letting his young guys know, hey, Devontae Adams, it took him three years to become my favorite target. It took him five years to get his first 1,000-yard season. Rodgers is not going to throw you the ball. And I think Sammy Watkins had a quote that was extremely powerful. He said, you don't want to be on Rodgers' bad side. You don't want to be the guy that he walks into that locker room or to that meeting room and says, I can't play with that guy. Those young receivers better wake up real fast. Mike T, when you think about what this receiving core has to show you and Aaron Rodgers for him to start to believe in him, what, that, what needs to happen for this core tonight? RC, it's tempo. When you're evaluating young players, you want to see them play fast. They play fast when they're confident and they know what to do, as RG3 just alluded to. So we will know quickly, like, in terms of their depth of their routes, in and out of breaks, we will know if they know what to do by their play tempo. That will tell us a lot about their mastery of the playbook. Yeah, definitely we'll say a lot about the mastery of the playbook, but it's also what we've been talking about all offseason. You don't have Devontae Adams anymore. Right, this guy was responsible for an unbelievable amount of production on the offensive side of the ball, and he was Aaron Rodgers' get-out-of-jail-free card. The guy over there at X, and you just say, hey, I don't care what the play is. I'm going to throw it to Devontae Adams. <laughs> right. He doesn't have that ability anymore, so he knows. Hey, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Randall Cobb, I need you guys, Amari uh, Rodgers, I need you guys to go out there, and of course, can't forget Alan Lazard, mm-hmm. I need you to go out there and be where you're supposed to be. This offense will be more efficient without Devontae Adams if those guys all show up the the way they're supposed to, because we all know they're going to lean on McThickham's A.J. Dillon mm-hmm. and also Aaron Jones. That is the bread and butter of their offense now. It's no longer going to be one wide receiver dominating all the targets. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Listen, <laughs> I don't know about McThickham's. I don't know about McRibs, but I know this one thing. When you go to any McDonald's in the world and you get a number one, you know it's the Big Mac. And the Big Mac was Devontae Adams. He was the guy we always understood could get open and could make those plays that were needed by Aaron Rodgers. The one thing Devontae Adams told me this week when we sat down with the pivot was this. He said, Aaron Rodgers is like Michael Jordan. He makes everyone better. He said, even when you're at an OTA practice, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there, you could see the play dip. Right? It's kind of like when you're around your parents. And when your parents say you have to act a certain way, you know if I don't act right, I have to answer to them. But when they're gone, you're like, oh. I could cut up a little. A little and I bit. think we saw a little cutting up by this wide receiver core, and now Aaron Rodgers isn't happy. Somebody has to place, replace Devontae Adams. Someone has to replace that production. I think it's going to be done by a group, and Aaron Rodgers understands that. Uh, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me get up in it real quick, RC. We got one more thing. So won't we you go ahead. We got one more thing today. Go on and check it out on the screen right now, brother. <laughs> Well, 
it's been nice being the host of NFL Live, but it's now the end of an era, and we are going to have to pass this over to RC. I love you guys. It's been real being the host, but RC <laughs> is your new host of NFL Live. Dan confirms. Don't do it too good of a job because people start to take you seriously as a host, and then all of a sudden it's like we don't get to have you on NFL Live Tuesday touchscreens anymore. So. Uh -oh. like, just do good. All right, you're the good at everything you do. Just do good. Don't do great. Yeah. Just do good. Don't do. Great. I need you. I'm done. I need you for Tuesday touchscreen. I'm done. I'm out. I'll never see you guys again. Oh, man, listen, I appreciate it. I will tell Laura this. This junk is much harder than I expected, and when the prompter wasn't working in the first segment, I thought it was a wrap. And I appreciate you, Swagoo. Swagoo with the own Real Art Clark 25 is great at hosting, too, and being live. And I appreciate the love. I can't read the rest because they're counting in my ears. Uh -huh. That's part of hosting I ain't know about. Deuces.